Well, good morning and welcome to The Drive. It is Tuesday, September 12th at 6.32 a.m. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, praying for your day. And uh, yesterday was supposed to be my rest day, uh, our rest day, and then uh, ended up being different. But I uh, ran errands with my youngest daughter for about four hours for home and for church and so we were running around uh, my wife was able to study start studying for her women's conference that she's teaching at this saturday and so um so it was an exhausting day but i forgot that i said i was gonna rest so <laughs> i paid the repercussions came home and was depleted because we've been just busy we, you know how it is right everyone's busy it's not like there's someone that's not busy um at least that I know. But praise the Lord for sleep and rest and the word in the morning and, and prayer and the Holy Spirit to give rejuvenation. Praise the Lord for all that. Uh, but speaking of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 4, 6 and 7, Paul writes, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of the Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son than an heir of God through Christ. And so because we are sons, right? Because we are sons and daughters of the Lord, God sent forth His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, it's an, I love the interesting progression, especially in the Greek. This is something I learned years ago, and I just always remember. So in the Greek, there's, um, there's three terms in relation to the Spirit biblically. Para, P-A-R-A, N, E-N, and Epi, E-P-I. So para, so essentially the Holy Spirit, before you're a believer, convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right? Before you were a follower of Christ, you were convicted, you uh, knew right from wrong, good from evil, and the Holy Spirit convicts you if you're transgressing, right? If you're willingly sinning, or if you're doing, if you know what's right and you're doing what's wrong, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit uh, pre-salvation. Uh, and that's called that's para in the Greek, and then N is means you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and this is a picture of when, um, really an example of when Jesus was in the Jordan and John was baptizing him, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. You heard the Father's voice. The whole Trinity is is um, is seen there in the baptism of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit fell upon. Jesus for the work of the ministry and that's epi that means you're sealed right you're secure in that the Holy Spirit fell upon you and really that's what Paul's talking about here um, so there's so sorry n so it's para before you're a believer n you're sealed with the Holy Spirit and epi epi which is the Spirit falls upon you so I see those we see those as distinct now people have different viewpoints on that but i think biblically it's pretty clear and uh, epi is like you you're continuing you're already sealed with the holy spirit and but then you're walking out and living out the lord's plan for your life and you're praying that the lord will fill you with the spirit to do the work of the ministry on a consistent and a daily basis and you see that in the book of acts as well um, so the holy spirit is vital he is important for the work of the ministry and for guidance and for wisdom and all and all that i mean we can go on and on about that but Paul saying, God has sent forth his spirit of his son to your hearts. 
So having the Holy Spirit is evidence that um, we are the Lord's. And I love this term crying out, Abba, Father. Abba is a term of affection. Abba is. And what it is, really, it's a picture of a child and their father, that relationship, that closeness. Now, some of you may not have had a good relationship or an affectionate relationship with your father, with your earthly father. Um, that's, I mean, really, that's the case with me. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say my, my dad didn't abandon me or anything, but he was there, but he wasn't really there. Like he was present, but he was drunk. Like he was distant, right? There was no sort of affection there. My mom was the opposite. She was there. She was affectionate and she was loving and all that. But, but my dad, when I was growing up was kind of just distant. He was just kind of like, in my eyes, looking back, he was kind of like an acquaintance, not really like a loving father, but I have to say this, that later on, he is one of the ones who was very instrumental in me getting saved. Um, he has been a Christ follower for over 20 years now. And I remember he took me to a Calvary Chapel in Folsom, California, him and my stepmom, before I was even saved. And I remember that affected me and I was emotional and the worship and every, and I was like, he took me. And he has changed since then. Our relationship is, has been way different for years. But when I was younger, he was there, but he wasn't really there. And so the Father in heaven, he is there and he is present. He is there and with us always. He is affectionate. He is the perfect Father because he is God. And so he sees us, right? He hears us. He's with us. He will never leave us. I mean, we can go on and on about the promises of God, right? But Abba, Father, determined affection. Some people translate this daddy, which I myself, I, I'm not, I don't pray and say like, daddy, I love you. But I know people, I know Christians who do that. And some people think this is too affectionate and too close yeah, in relation to the wording. But then you look back at the... Um, we look at the Bible and you look at the history too of the church fathers and they they saw it as well as a intense term of affection so they were in agreement with that term but it just shows the closeness of our Heavenly Father he's not a distant God he's not a cold impersonal Lord who you call to once in a while when you need help you know he's there always and, and Paul says therefore you are no longer a slave but a son so we have the Holy Spirit we can cry, Abba, Father. No, it doesn't say we, we can whisper. It says we can cry. We can cry out. We can be honest. We can be real. We can be raw. We, can, we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to hold back. Right? So, therefore, we are no longer a slave but a son. And a son, an heir. So, we are sons and daughters of the Lord. And it's a beautiful picture because, again, it all speaks of... And I know some people have uh, trouble with this term, but it speaks of the intimacy we have with the Lord. And intimacy meaning the cohesion, the closeness in the relationship aspect of it. You know, I, um, I for about eight months, I went through this discipleship thing with my elders. And one of the whole sessions for a couple weeks was about intimacy with God. And that's just not really a word that, I guess, 
Maybe it's different with women. I'm speaking on on men's behalf, but we don't use that term often. But as we dug into it and looked at it and looked biblically what intimacy with the Lord means, it was radical. I mean, it was pretty amazing and awesome how we're so close. God is so close with us. You know, if there's any distance between us and the Lord, it's not the Lord that has moved. He's still there. If there's any distance, it's us that have drifted. It's kind of like when Peter followed Jesus from afar, he was separated from him. He was distant. There was distance between him and Jesus, right? And next thing you know, he's denying Jesus a few times in the courtyard. And so that is not our God, right? Some faith-based systems see God as impersonal, as, as unknowable, as... But as you go through the words, you guys, the more you go through it, the more you learn about God's heart, the more you see his heart, the more you glean from, like he wants us to know him. He's not like, well, good luck in getting to know me. I'm beyond knowing anything about. Well, we know a lot about God through God's word, right? He, he, he lets us know. And so honestly, like the, it's like the more we study the scriptures, the, his precepts, his judgments, his word, the more we realize who God is and how good he is and how gracious he is. And the more we fall in love with him, the closer we get to him. And I love that. And it should be a progression. You know, the Christian life is a progression of growing in the faith and going forward with the Lord and his will and his calling on his mission with the assignment he's given us. Assignments from season to season, from day to day. It's a beautiful thing. And so even if you didn't have, maybe you had a great childhood growing up, even then, if your father was amazing and perfect, you know, not perfect, <laughs> if he was amazing and if he was just always there, always, it seemed like he was always present, he was affectionate, that's amazing. But even then, we have a father that's perfect. Even the, the most perfect earthly father can break promises. They, you know, they might lose it sometimes they might get angry and 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 yell there's still the flesh there but with the lord there you know he's perfect he's immutable he's holy he's good he's always been and he always will be he's the first and the last he's the alpha and the omega he, he's good and he's unchanging right he's not gonna all of a sudden be like you know what i'm not good today i'm bad <laughs> like he's he's god he's that's against his nature and that's that's the thing when you look theologically at the Lord. Some people try to stump Christians or whatever, and it's pretty ridiculous. But they go, "What if can God create a rock that He can't lift?" No, because it's against His nature. And so, I'm all of a sudden I'm thinking theologically, but I'm not going to go into into all that because yes, there are some things that God can't do. Some people say God can do anything. Well, no. He can't participate in darkness. He can't do evil. He can't lie. There are things God can't do, but it's in line with his nature and his holiness. Uh, but anyway, back to this. Sorry. So anyway, we are sons and daughters of our father, of the king. And he loves you and he's with you and he's there to help you. He's there to give you answers. He's there to guide you. He's there to comfort you. Even when you feel like alone, God is there. His presence brings protection. You know, he's our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. So our Father is so good. Our Abba Father. We can cry out to him. Every day. All the time. Non-stop. Because he's good. 
Well, God bless you guys. Hey, I hope you have an amazing Tuesday, and we'll talk to you in the morning.